and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And if you want to find out what's going on, check out Nostalgia Highway. Right, fellas? Right. Yeah. Give me a hole, guys. Hello! Somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome, hitchhikers, to Nostalgia Highway. The movies you know from the guys you don't, or the No Frills Movie Review Podcast, where we are bringing to you the second episode of Season 3 out here on the highway. And we're breaking our own rules by reviewing something that isn't 15 years or older. Yeah, that was my fault. I've been wanting to review this movie for too long. You know, we're doing things a little bit different, and it seemed appropriate, so... I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and joining me out here on the highway is my co-host, who knows that bears don't walk cross-legged. I am Dave King of the Road. So, hitchhikers, uh, obviously, there is one less voice in the room, and uh, that's the Lord Ketchum, and he isn't with us this evening because of some personal reasons. Now, nothing's wrong. All is well over at the Lord's Manor. He just needs to take a break from being full-time co-host for a little bit but expect to hear him on some future episodes when he's able to pop in. So in the meanwhile, it's just going to be the king and I, and hopefully we can fill the void left by the Lord. So without further ado, tonight we will ask some seriously dark questions about our planet and whether or not we are alone in it. Is the ever-growing fear of trolls coming to claim you in the night the next level in this ever-increasing game of real-life Jumanji? And with that comes questions like, should I get troll invasion insurance? Does Amazon carry troll stench to mask the smell of my Christian blood? How many Dollar General flashlights would I need to take down a skyscraper-sized mountain troll? <laughs> Was the Lord Ketchum the victim of a troll attack? Oh. Or what do I do if Twitter bans me during an election year pandemic? All or none of these questions may or may not be answered during this unique entry into the Nostalgia Highway podcast where we explore 2010's Norwegian masterpiece, Troll Jigeren, or Troll Hunter. Nice. Yeah. This is, uh, it's five years from technically making the cut. Um, we're going to be full spoilers on this. We're just going to go ahead. It's 11 years old. There's always exceptions, right? Sure. So, but, uh, so yeah, full spoilers ahead. Again, we may not get into everything. I have to say, this is my first time watching this. This has been my like number one recommendation for you for a long time too. So it certainly has. Well, Troll Hunter from 2010. It is rated PG-13. Has a runtime of an hour and 43 minutes. Long it, one. Eh, a little bit, but I thought it maybe it drug in spots, but it drew me in. Language barrier aside, <laughs> I must be damned. You know, this was released on October 10th of 2010 in native Norway on an estimated. 19,900,000 krone, which roughly is about $2.3 million. 
It ended up grossing about $5.3 million worldwide, and it debuted in the United States on January 21st, 2011 at the Sundance Film Festival in Utah. IMDb has this as a 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it in 81%, and the audience score has it at 72%. And uh, this one, it had just recently been added back to Tubi. So, but yeah, it's there right now. Check it out if you haven't. This was directed by Andre Overdahl, and the stars Otto Jesperson as Hans, Glenn Tosterud as Thomas, Johanna Mork as Johanna. They went. They got creative with her. Yeah, she didn't want to change her name. Nah. <laughs> and we have Thomas Alf Larsen as Cully and Hans Morten Hansen as Finn Haugen. Thomas, you said. Thomas. Okay. We can't call him Thomas. You can. That's fine. All right. I'll humor you. I'll call him Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some kind of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's a chosen name, I mean. Man. You can't win them all. Nope. I'm under the impression that you're not a fan of uh, subtitled movies. No, sir, I am not. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, listeners, if you're not familiar with some of our older episodes, I am not a fan of subtitled movies. It's just I don't watch a movie to read it, you know. Uh, it, it's just distracting I, I, and here's it just it just doesn't do it for me, man. And I really don't have a fancy answer that's going to knock your socks off or anything. It, it's just I, I hate reading a movie, and, and I'm aware that I'm missing out on a lot of fantastic movies, but it, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah, that's why you just got to read fast and get back into the the picture, you know. I felt like this paced it pretty well. It's not as bad. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it's not as it's not as bad as like a fast talking Dothrakian on uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know, but yeah, would. sometimes sometimes they get peppy and they're talking fast, and those subtitles are going away quicker than you can finish them. And I'm like, right. holy hell, slow down. Yep. So, what's another subtitle film that you've watched? I mean, is there something else? Certainly. There is, and I'll be honest with you, I, I couldn't even tell you what the name of it is because I mean I'll tell you that is how many subtitled movies I've watched. I just it's like I said, it's just not my thing. Well, right. I can understand if the first impression you got from a subtitled film left a bad taste in your mouth because it sucked or it wasn't memorable, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where this kind of this movie I think was the one that changed that for me. I, you know, and, and quite possibly me too, you know, because this this was entertaining. I'm not going to give a whole bunch of – I don't want to show my hand completely, but yeah. this was entertaining. Yeah, there are good um, foreign films out there. you got to read subtitles all the way through. I mean you just got to <laughs> weed out the bad ones. I think right. after this I watched uh, High Intensity or Hawk Tension or whatever. High yeah. Tension, that's it. I think that was probably the last one, and I'll be honest with you. I did like it and give it a super high score. But it annoyed me that it was in the subtitles, and I didn't know that when I rented it. So, it's got a pretty dark uh, twist and premise. I liked it. But. It's gory. I remember being gory as hell. Yeah. So in this movie, we have two main groups of trolls, and they they actually end up fighting each other by taking a, a piece of land, and they start throwing boulders at each other, apparently, uh, which I found kind of humorous and a. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. This little fantasy world we get introduced to, it, it was it was interesting to me, uh, at least the way it was presented. But we have the, the mountain trolls and the woodland trolls. 
And then there's these subgroups. There's the Ringle Finch, the Tosser Lad, the Rhyme Tosser, Mountain Kings, and the Jotnar. And the life expectancy of these are anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 years old. They're mammals. They have a gestation period for 10 to 15 years, and then they only have one kid in their lifetime, and that's it. Thank God. Yeah. It's like genetic birth control. Man, I wouldn't want to birth one of them ugly motherfuckers. Yeah, they're kind of homely looking. <laughs> they got some Jim Henson noses, I mean. Yeah. Other but, than that, though, that's one of the things that was good for the, me on this is it looks good. I mean, they did, a, they did a good job with the presentation on it. They kind of went the Jaws route where you didn't really you – didn't, you didn't see the shark, really. You heard it, it. You knew it was right there. You just couldn't see it, but you just it, – its presence was just yeah. beyond your – your reach, your you know, your visibility, but uh, no, and I and I enjoyed that about this. Again, I agree with you. That was that was well done on uh, Overdahl's part. But uh, in addition to this, you know, these facts about these trolls, they were actually based upon a lot of Norwegian folklore, and some of those were the uh, the different species of trolls. The descriptions of trolls having a tail, multiple heads, the ability to smell Christian's blood, eating rocks, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they also love eating meat and uh, tires, apparently. Evidently, and, they like charcoal mixed with their rocks, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hans was dumping some charcoal in there, and he's like, they can't resist this shit. Right. It's like kibbles and bit. <laughs> it's catnip for trolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but uh, also having them being described as old, strong, but slow and dim-witted, and turning to stone when exposed to light. I personally enjoyed all the nods and homages to all the fairy tales that we get, you know, with the Christian blood, the goats on the bridge. And I also like how they incorporated science into this mythos as well. I thought that was clever. Which, uh, which science are you referring to? Where the, the veterinarian that takes the blood. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explains why some of them explode and why some of them, you know, uh, turn to stone. Uh, you know. The older ones turn to stone, isn't it? Right, yeah, because their veins are more constricted. Yeah, just that's count. it. Very good. But the younger ones, apparently, the gases fill the body and then kapooey. Yeah. I got to wondering. I mean, he didn't know it was going to explode, but that scene when he's trying to, you know, take his blood. Yeah. You know, he, he fought pretty hard to get that uh, that big ass ten man sized syringe. <laughs> Uh, filled with blood, but after it exploded, he could have just, you know, filled it up then. I mean, I don't know. He yeah. didn't know whether it would explode or turn to stone, though, so. Right. It's true. You can't take your chances. I mean, that scene on the bridge is hilarious to me, where he's he's got the uh, the knight's armor on. Yeah. And... I just had, like, a bucket on his head at first, like a <laughs> And, but then I was like, oh, okay, this is some half-ass armor, Monty Python-looking shit. You yeah, know? it is. <laughs> but he's totally like fuck i gotta do this you know and then he takes a pretty good whip and i thought he was dead i, I mean on initial viewing of this i was like he's fucked <laughs> i think he's fucked yeah i agree so i like that and i love the uh the three-headed troll too the first one you really get a good exposure of the, the bright lights on it and turning the stone and then dude fucking whacking its leg with a hammer and there was no way he could predict how that thing was going to fall that quickly because, I mean, it was, you know, kind of contorted at an angle that that thing could go any way if he'd hit that. Hey, man, Hans is a badass, okay? Well, he is. He is. <laughs> 
I I thought the uh, story that Hans told about the troll that tried eating its own tail and then like rolling down it. I don't. I I just thought that was hilarious. That was good. Just the way he was just very dryly, very just as a matter of factly, just explaining this to them. Like, yeah, happened. But I I don't know. I I found that extremely comical. Probably more funny than what it really is. Uh, I, and honestly, I'd have to say Hans is my favorite character because he's oh, yeah. just he's just this low key badass. I'll I like just... the I like the part where he said uh, uh, they have to go down to the creek and rinse off and yes. put on that fucking disgusting ass troll scent. Yeah, this the way they present that. I was just like, mm, nope. You know what? You you go ahead. You just leave us here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I could have got past that. Right. Uh, that just, I don't know. The way uh, they the way, come back with their hair wet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the way they sold it about how, like how bad it was, I was just kind of like, mm, I don't think, I don't think I'd be in for this. But I love when Thomas, it was after the scene at the bridge where the troll explodes, where uh, he comes up and then he just out of nowhere, he's just like, well, now that we know trolls also explode, <laughs> he's just. <laughs> Oh, so I was like, that's hilarious. And then uh, this exchange after Cully or whatever his name was uh, got killed. And then they have the uh, the woman that comes in. What's her name? Malika. And uh, Thomas says to Hans, he's like, Muslims are OK, right? And then Hans is like, I honestly don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> he's yeah. like, this is hysterical. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that, that was easily that was probably the the funniest part of the movie for me. Yeah, those those two stand out a lot. Well, I got uh, some uh, behind-the-scenes things here, and there's only about four, but go ahead and chime in whenever you want. First one I got here is uh, several of the characters that are in this movie were high-profile Norwegian comedians. Uh, Hans, played by Otto Jesperson, is one. Finn, who is Hans Morten Hansen, he's another one. Yeah, I'll do my best to pronounce this guy's name. Canute Narum, who was huh? the plant supervisor. Oh, yeah, I know Canute. Canute, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Robert Stoltenberg, who was the Polish bear supplier. They, I guess they're all comedians in Norway. I think they worked on rare exports, too. Oh, really? Okay. Now, see, no, that, was, that was bullshit. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, after seeing this, I might give rare exports a shot now, uh-huh. when I otherwise might not have. It's so, a little slower than this. Uh, okay, but I I love the shorts, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the look of the trolls that you mentioned, uh, they were actually influenced by painters like Theodore Kittleson and John Bauer. Mm. Jim Henson had nothing to do with it, but I do agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, so Jim Henson knows all day long. Yeah, <laughs> big old. <laughs> Uh, this was nominated for Best International Film at the 2012 Saturn Awards, and it ended up losing to The Skin I Live In, which is the Antonio Banderas flick. But it won Best Foreign Language Film at the 2012 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. This is probably the most interesting thing uh, that I have uh, that I mentioned to you earlier. Prior to the release of this, theatrically, producers John M. Jacobson and Zvainong Galimo had been given requests for a remake, okay? A remake. It hasn't even been in the theaters, and they're already talking remake. Yeah, so, yeah I've heard about that. Okay, you'd have heard about this, okay. Yeah. Um, well, both of the American treatment. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. I understand better now. 
but uh, they ended up traveling to the U.S. to meet with stakeholders. Once this opened in the United States the following year to mostly positive reviews, uh, Deadline Hollywood announced that 1492 Pictures, which was director Chris Columbus's production company, along with CJ Entertainment and Media, acquired rights to the remake. Neil Marshall, who did Dog Soldiers, which I love, The Descent, which is another good one, and Doomsday, which I am also a fan of, was slated to direct. But as of November of 2016, all plans are off, and there's been no talk of it since. Yeah, I don't think it's a hot topic in 2021 either. I found nil on it, and honestly, I don't think it needs it. I don't either. But I I see why they would want to. I think the... uh the foreign aspect of it makes it, it enhances the believability of it. Cause I feel like this would happen in Norway. If I were right. to expect this to happen anywhere, that's where I expect it to happen. And if I'm expected to believe it's true, those people aren't going to be speaking English. So that alone takes, takes it down a notch for me. Okay. What if they said it like up in Canada somewhere? Well, then we got to listen to everybody saying a, and a boat. So, I mean, you know, then it's like, I got to deal with that. I mean, Canadians can be funny. Yeah, I like Canadians. It's nothing about that. I mean, no, I just think I've got my heart set on the fact that this took place in Norway. Norway. No, I was going to say Norwegia. <laughs> some ridiculous Norwegia. <laughs> yeah, this took place in Norwegia, up north of Iceland or something. I need to get a globe. I know it's in that area. Yeah, it's over there. But yeah, it didn't need a remake. Yeah, I don't think so. But, a sequel, maybe. Huh? Oh, yeah, it'd easily do a sequel. Sure. Yeah. So I want to talk about another bad taste that's, uh, that we have on the mayor's sensitive palate here. The fact that uh, you're not really a found footage movie fan, are you? Well, typically? I, I've opened up recently to watching more found footage, and it started off with watching the Poughkeepsie tapes. Mm-hmm. And that was way better than I expected it to be. And it was really dark, and it was really grim. And I enjoyed it, but it was just one of those yucky movies. Like, I kind of felt like I needed to go get a shower afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was super effective. Um, another one that I watched here recently that I liked was the Hell House LLC mm. Creep. Uh, that's on Netflix. Creep's good. I, I feel like those are the clear front runners that I've seen, but the Hell House sequels. Uh, Creep 2, The Last Broadcast, which is argued uh, that Blair Witch ripped off of, uh, Mm. except the story was about the Jersey Devil. Um, The houses that October built and eat that movie Host that's on Mm. Shudder. I I feel like these all just kind of fell short for me. These are just very, eh, movies. It it made me not want to watch The Houses That October Built 2. You know, uh, because Hell House LLC was good enough and kind of surprised, it kind of exceeded expectations in a way, not nearly as to the degree of the Poughkeepsie tapes, but it made me want to watch sequels. I mean, I've opened up to it. I mean, I'm not snobbish with this as I am with subtitles, sure. but I, I just like it's a, it was a very exploited subgenre in a very concentrated amount of time. And there was a shit ton of bad ones. And it, it, you know, I mean, for me, the best one is it's the Blair Witch Project, you know, just because I I saw that in theaters, the experience of all that. We reviewed that back way back in season one. I don't even know what episode it was, but go back and check it out. We were in the woods. We got lost. Um, I I remember that. 
Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, Blair Witch is, I mean, that's the apex. And honestly, I'd have to say the Poughkeepsie tapes is probably number two. And then I would say, I don't know, Hell House, this, and Creep are all kind of muddled together for me behind those two as far as found footage. Okay. What about you? I mean, I, mean, I, I know you're way more into this subgenre than I am, so I know you probably have a laundry list of movies. I, I do, yeah. I've, I feel like you've left out the VHS movies here. I mean, those are typically you know, a found footage format and an anthology format combined. But I did not even think about that, and you're absolutely right. VHS, yeah, I, they they got – as they went on, they got – worse but they were still entertaining enough they know? all have at least a segment or two that are you know if you combine the three movies of the best segments you would have a great piece of material i agree i uh, yeah dude i totally forgot about vhs yeah you're right amber alert is another one of my favorites since you've uh, enjoyed the poughkeepsie tapes amber alert is that type of grimy you feel like you need a shower when you're done maybe I think I remember you telling me about that. It gets really dark at the end. It it explores stuff I can't. I don't even unmentionable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. I don't even want to spoil it, but uh, okay. yeah, check that one out if if anybody hasn't seen it. It's harder to get. It used to be on Netflix, but I haven't seen it in a while streaming because hmm. I wanted to watch it again, and it's one of those you know. You don't really see it to buy in the store <laughs> as a physical copy, and yeah. it's not streaming. So, okay, we'll probably pay for it on YouTube or something. But no, other than that, uh, found footage. Gosh, I mean, the Blair Witch. You know, the first time I seen it, you know, that was the the magic of it. But once the magic's gone, it it really falls down my list <laughs> for rewatchability. Right, I get that. It's not a movie that I rewatch. I own it. Um, I mean, but when we reviewed it a couple years ago, I mean, that was the first time I watched it in probably close to 10 years. I'm sure I can't remember, but it's just not a movie that you rewatch a lot. You don't need to, I don't think, but to go back to revisit after a while, kind of like a long lost friend. Yeah, sure. I dig because that was probably one of my favorite movie going experiences I've ever had just that overall everything about it it was it, i don't know it's pretty incredible really memorable right on one cut of the dead's another uh foreign found footage movie that's pretty cool i don't know man like i said after watching this i might uh i might dip my toes in a little further i tell you how i kind of how i kind of enjoyed watching subtitle films when when i'm going to bed at night and I don't want the TV loud when I fall asleep, so you know I can turn the volume all the way down and I can sit there and read the subtitles of the movie and not need you know a whole lot of the the audio. That makes sense. Yeah, and you can get away with watching a movie like that that way. I don't know. Gives you an excuse, I guess. Hmm. I didn't really consider that, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, that's but again, I don't watch subtitle movies, you know. <laughs> well, we'll get you there. We're getting you there. I mean, hey, we're you getting are. You, there. you are. You absolutely are. Yeah, I want to talk about the CGI and the special effects that they used mm-hmm. here. And first off, I have to say I thought it was very clever that uh, how they used the night vision to kind of mask the shortcomings of the CGI because 
it, it it's not great, but it's not horrible. But I feel like in certain scenes it was exceptional. Not every scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know they did a good job with you know it being you know obscured off in the distance and yeah you know I, I feel like it was done proper enough and like I get like I said you know and they didn't go to the well too often with the night vision they didn't oversaturate it they used it yeah. properly and adequately um, and. This is a clever little movie. You're in for the ride. Like once you, you know, seen one of them, you're like, okay, you know, that's that shit's really happening. It's like this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't look bad. I've seen much worse CGI, and and again, they did do a good job of covering their shortcomings with the the grainier night vision, and yep. even I mean, like the bright lit shot of that one three headed troll. I mean, they did they took their time. I don't know if that's stop motion or what they did, but it looked pretty fucking good. Even I when thought, it was like freezing up, like it like jarred, you know, as it was freezing. Yeah, that was good. I, I don't know. I felt like the initial reveal, I thought, I don't know, as far as detail, it looked good, but I kind of felt like it looked a little clunky. I felt like that was one of the weaker moments. Uh, the final uh, troll, the troll oh, yeah. ball. Uh, I honestly, I thought that all looked pretty, pretty badass. To be honest with you, yeah, I it did. That in the setting in the snow, and I, I thought, I yeah, like I said, it, it was, it wasn't great, but it was far from the worst, and you could do far, far worse. So no, I, I, I thought they did a good job with, you know, what they had. Obviously, they had a way bigger budget, you know, than uh, they, you know, the guys did the Blair Witch Project. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that's what this is. It's almost like it's the Norwegian Blair Witch, except a, a witch. There's trolls, and it's just a budget, you know. Um, but this one does a couple different things. Like it, like I said, it involves science, and you know, it, it you you're not just out in the woods the entire time. Which I thought that was like, ah, oh, well, that's that's kind of cool because I, I feel like that's what I expected coming into this. We were going to be in the wilderness the entire time, and no, you weren't. You were driving a lot of the time, to be honest with you. You know, and if it wasn't raining, it was fucking snowing in Norway. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I feel like this was this was done very very well. The the setting was perfect. I thought. I mean, and it added to the believability. Yes. Like I felt like this is really where these you know things could be found. Right. Yeah. It was almost like it was like this fairy tale setting. You know, I agree. I agree completely with you on that. Absolutely. And Norway is a little more mysterious to me than Canada. That's another reason why it wouldn't work in a short sure. North American <laughs> remake. So I want to talk about the ending of this movie, which, yeah. in my opinion, is the weak point of this film. The lead up to it's great. It's all it's all good finale stuff until it just, you know, end tape kind of deal. But, you know, nobody ever sees them again. This was kind of phoned in, if you ask me. Uh, it was a little abrupt, but, I mean, I don't know. I guess if you're thinking at, about it in, in a realistic perspective, I'd say, uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, this is, I don't know, I feel it's as plausible as, you know, it being rabies. I mean, it's like, well, that's. I feel like it's my immediate go-to is, well, that's kind of weak, but, well, I it's plausible. I mean, it does make sense as far as things in this universe were exposed to, you know. Yeah, but it left questions that could be answered so many different ways that 
I just didn't like having that much unanswered shit. <laughs> I hear you. I don't know. I mean, but this was definitely set up for a sequel. Yeah, I thought so, too. And I, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, one of my, my favorite fantasy bookings is that Han's carrying on with his usual, you know, job. I mean, which he's admitted is dark at times killing babies and pregnant mothers, you know, trolls and stuff, that he sees these teenage journalists as the threat that stands in the way of his livelihood, I guess. And I'd say, I just think maybe, you know, they could have done this better if they'd had Hans slash the throat of old Tomas, and since he's already suspect of carrying rabies, then it can just be assumed that the other journalists suffer a similar fate from the old poacher. I don't know. I don't, but that, I don't feel like that fits with who Hans was. It doesn't, but I just wanted some more, like, finality and twist well i mean and that kind of leads me to a question it was like okay so what do you think happened to Tobus and johanna and malika well that, that's that's my answer i think oh fucking hans did a heel turn and made them disappear and went back to his normal day of life i mean it almost made it seem like maybe one of them got hit by it that semi but i i think realistically i think the government got them and they fucking killed them you know Never to be seen from ever again. I think well, that's what about Hans, though. Well, that was my other question. Where do you think he dawdled off to? I mean, did he go off and just was he just going off to die? Was he done? No, hell no. He's the fucking hound, man. Right. He's... Well, I mean, <laughs> I, don't know. I got to ask because I don't know. I don't know what really was happening there, other than you know, I feel like maybe he's going to go try. He's going to go live in solitude now, like Yoda. Yeah. Well, that's a plausible theory. I mean, this is this is all open to sequel talk. I mean, it was clear he didn't like doing that, so I don't know. But then at the same time, he also kind of stranded, you know, the group. So I I don't know. I I I see where you're coming from with saying that the ending is is a weak point for this, you know. But I don't know. I, I like the, it was the cookie cutter. I mean, it was a cookie cutter found footage ending. Oh, this is where the film ends. We don't know what happens. Oh, well, that sucks. Right. Well, and I, I get that. But I, I also, I don't know where you're going to go with it at that point. But I, I enjoyed the uh, the battle with the the final boss troll. I thought that was cool. I like that. Again, the snow setting was awesome. Sure. And for uh, that reason, that's why I put it on during a blizzard, man. If it's snowing outside, I'm thinking, all right, what am I watching today? Everest or Troll Hunter, you know? <laughs> Everest is pretty good. You ever see that? I have not. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got old Josh Brolin in it. Okay. And they're trying to climb Mount Everest, and, you know, shit goes south. People die. Right. It's intense, and it's cold, and it's a fun movie to watch in a blizzard. Is it better than Vertical Limit? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is Vertical Limit <laughs> good? I mean. No. But right, it- then. It's better than that. A good cast. I mean, you got Bill Paxton. He's a douche in it, but he's perfect. Shit. If I want to see that, I just put on Ski School or something. Ski Patrol. Ski <laughs> Patrol, yeah. One of those uh, sleazy 80s uh, American Pie yep. deals. Those are fun. All right, so you kind of already touched on it there, King, about the, the troll bait with charcoal. So concrete and charcoal, according to Hans, that is an unbeatable combination. What's your unbeatable combination? If there was king bait, what would it be? 
Oh, man, one of them fucking uh, cowboy ribeye steaks and a big old massive baked potato and okay. lots of butter and salt and pepper. All the trimmings. Yeah, if, yeah, if I seen that. And it's just a little bit rare in the middle. Still a little okay. pink strip. Yeah, we're good. Crispy on the edges. Oh, you're talking. Making my mouth water over here. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good right now. Is it's Walmart weird. still open? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I don't know. It's COVID. I, maybe they don't. Are they open 24 hours still? No, they're only up until 1130 or something. Oh, okay. I got 10 minutes. I don't think you're going to make it. Nah. <laughs> I think for me, if you were going to catch the mayor out in the wild, I think all you'd need was a big-ass beer and then a big-ass cheeseburger. And I think he'd snag me. I, I, could would, be, I could be drawn in on that, too, yeah. I mean, I love a steak. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. There's just something about hamburger that is like the ultimate food for me. It's like people classic, you know? Yeah. So You're like Wimpy from Popeye's. I am. <laughs> get you a brown suit from the fucking Goodwill or something, and hey, throw you a little douchebag mustache, and you can go as wimpy. I got a douchebag mustache, okay? <laughs> all right, you know, it's all natural. And while you're bullshitting the thrift shop, that's where I came up with my Al Bundy slash Dan Chalice costume. Dude, the fucking thrift store is a place to go for fucking costumes. Damn right, it ret- retro. Yes, yeah. Or if you need. Uh, What's his name? Engelberg Humperdinck on vinyl. You can find a stack of those all day long. Or Slim Whitman. Cat Stevens? No, you wish you could find some Cat Stevens. Those are getting harder to find. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm out of the vinyl game. Yeah, you're (laughs) definitely out of the vinyl game. (laughs) Oh, shit. I own me a Cat Stevens Greatest Hits. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go first unless you have anything else you want to add on here before we go to wrap-ups, man. Well, are you going to talk about how you like this movie? Yeah, I'm going to talk about this movie a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I said you're going to talk about how you like this movie. I did like this movie. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you did. I could tell a little bit. Yeah. Well, like I said, I didn't want to completely show my hand, but... You showed about three cards. Yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> are you ready? Let me go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, let me put my beer down. Well, you did it, you son of a bitch. You finally did it. You finally got me to watch this goddamn movie after five-plus years of pleading and begging. Okay? Yes, the subtitles were a downgrade. It was an inevitability. But this was a neat story. I mean, not to harp on it again, but, I mean, this was a clever story. I really like what they did with a lot of the little details that they brought into this. It was a very well-made found footage flick i mean it was super clean unlike the blair witch project and countless others i mean it was just crystal clear i mean i I mean it was like high def you know you didn't have to squint and see like oh did i see something there i don't know you know i mean while they did keep the trolls hidden for a lot of it and you just hear and feel the presence of yeah i mean very well done and like i said it takes itself seriously with a ridiculous plot but it's presented in such a way that they combine the troll mythos with science together, and it works, and you buy into this universe. Science. And science. <laughs> but uh, it's not scary, and I wouldn't call this a comedy, but there's plenty of humorous material, uh, moments, subtleties that keep this on the lighter side. Again, CGI, it was used sparingly, and only when it was necessary – uh, I can't really speak much on the acting because I don't speak Norwegian. 
but from what I read, everything appeared to line up and make sense. And wh- how they reacted to things was adequate. Well, Hans was a man's man, you can tell. I mean, yes. his voice was proper for, for what he was. Was Is Hans the Norwegian Tom Atkins? That's fair. That's a fair award. Hans is the fucking Norwegian Tom Atkins. We didn't see him, you know, taking on any broads, but or Sheila's, whatever they call them in Norwegia. I, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it's not always about the... It's not always a getting tail, man. Yeah, with Tom Atkins, it was. So, I mean, how are we to compare him to Tom Atkins if we don't see him chasing tail in a bar, in a pub, if you will? I don't know, man. I think we needed a pub scene. That would have made this movie complete. But carry on with your... I, I agree with that. A good pub scene is just but necessary. Just didn't seem like the drinking type, really. Yeah, he did. Fuck yeah, he did. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but you never seen it, so you just didn't. Yeah, but your mind, you know. What else are you basing his Tom Adkins award on if you don't think he drinks? Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's just this low key badass. I mean, like he's an older gentleman. Uh, he knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. Trust me. I know the way. Follow me. It's just that's Tom. That's that Tom. could be that could be Han Solo from fucking Star Wars, man. I mean, right. you're you're comparing him to Tom Atkins here, and he didn't haul in any pussy, and he didn't fucking take down a leader of Jack. Uh, I didn't see him smoking cigarettes. So, what do we compare him to Tom Atkins on? Yes, he did. Did he? I swear, but he smoked a cigarette. So there. Ah, all right. Well, I'll have to review that. But indicate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Post Are a you... screenshot of that to the Nostalgia Highway. The more you talk, the more I think, okay, maybe I wasn't right there. But he does have Tom Madkin vibes. All right, I'll give you that. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, I'm not completely off base. Jesus, Norway is beautiful. I mean, just breathtaking shots of the land. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I Norway is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really is like i was just like man that would be so awesome to just visit this place like i said it's it it just seems like this fairy tale land the fog and the mountains and the and the trolls the fuel (laughs) you know the trolls (laughs) uh, they got the 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 electrical wires which Uh, some men it's the gated community (laughs) very yeah i mean this was the ultimate snipe hunt, right? But it actually turned out that there were snipes. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I finally caved in and gave this one a chance. Uh, another solid recommendation from the king. At first, right when I was wrapping it all up, I was like 6.5 out of 10. The more I got to thinking about it, the more I liked the little details, the little nuances, talking about, you know, with the calcium and how it – with the sunlight affects the trolls that are older and younger and combining Norwegian folklore with this. I don't know. I really, I really appreciated that because yes, it was a found footage movie, but it wasn't your typical found footage movie, you know? And, uh, I want to give it a seven out of 10. All right. Well, that's fair. That's what IMDb had it as. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right on the nose. Yeah. Really yeah. Enjoyed. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. It was it was entertaining. I, I I enjoyed Hans. It was presented well. Yeah. Alright. I'll allow it. I mean, of I've seen three Andre Overdahl movies. This, 
uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe yeah. and scary stories to tell in the dark. And I enjoy all of these movies. They're all right there in that same wheelhouse as far as a rating, you know? Yeah. So honestly, at this point, anything this guy's going to put out, I think I'm interested in. Absolutely. So, yeah. I was, I was excited when uh, I found out he was on the helm of uh, scary stories to tell in the dark because it was at that point that I realized also he did autopsy of Jane Doe. And I was like, Oh, that that's cool. Cause I liked that too. And I didn't, yeah. I wasn't aware when I watched it that that was his movie also. So yeah, that's a nice uh, three pack of movies he's done. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't done more. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's done more, you know, Norwegian stuff, but I would say COVID has definitely slowed down his, you know, what he's been able to do, but I'm sure I didn't look into it, but I'm sure he's got stuff going on. <laughs> he needs he needs to get Tom Cruise on board, man, because that guy gets shit done on a COVID-19 set from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. I, I read that, too. That was, <laughs> I that. That's hilarious. The last I heard was he's got fucking drones that fly around that checking temperatures on people. Oh my god! You can oh Jesus! Like his own personal like robotic drones that go around and check temperatures. <laughs> Whatever, man. That's what the world's come to. I guess. But <laughs> and Pearl Hunter, uh, seven out of ten, man, from the mayor. I this was again. I mean, another. Super solid recommendation, dude. And right. kicking myself quite as hard as I did, you know, with a Christmas horror story. But um, yeah, this was a pleasant surprise. All right. Well, I'm glad because I wouldn't want to disappoint you if, if I've been recommended to you this long. Right. I hadn't, hadn't give up yet and been like, ah, oh, fuck it. He probably won't like it, so just forget it. <laughs> now, for me, this this movie was uh, the first time I seen it. I thought this was at a ten, probably at a ten. You know, on that initial viewing, but uh, upon seeing more technical flaws with it and actually feeling like the ending left me cheated uh, because we didn't get a sequel, kind of, you know, dropped my rating. But still, this is this is one that I recommend to people that haven't seen it, and I'm glad it's on Tubi now because I hate recommending a movie to people when I'm like, yeah, I don't know where you can watch it. but <laughs> Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's on Tubi. It's free with ads. Definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. If we didn't ruin it for you already. Right. And if you don't have Tubi, for God's sakes, get it. Yeah, what are you doing? Sitting on your hands? <laughs> uh, this is an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Okay. And that's yeah, that's probably where it'll stay. I love it. It's a good premise. It's a different twist with found footage. Uh, it's unexplored territory in the found footage genre that could be explored more, I feel like. Yep. So. I, I agree. Like I said, I thought this was a uh, way more detailed and just, like I said, clever. This was a clever little movie. Do you like pro wrestling? Yeah. Are you tired of the same old recap podcast? Uh, duh. Do wrestling fans confuse you? More than you will ever know. Well, you're in luck. Join me, Mike J., and me, Mike S., every Saturday for the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we break down the ups and downs of main roster WWE and try to explain online fan outrage. 
And of course, we have the Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW covered from our unique viewpoints. That's the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. Still breaking hearts and breaking kayfabe. Uh, I guess that is what we say. It is. All right, well, something that we've kind of done a little bit in the past, and we're going to do it here again, because, you know, we're at home a lot, and, well, we like watching movies, and we don't always get to talk about a lot of the movies that we watch. We just talk about the movies we decide we're going to review, but we're going to talk about some things that we've gotten into here recently. Shows, movies, what have you. Alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, sure, why not? Why not? But, uh, yeah, anything that you just been into here lately that's noteworthy, good or bad? Hmm? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Well, well not- fuck yeah, man. I, I did uh, Game of Thrones this winter. I mean, I decided it's it's a winter thing because they're always saying winter is coming. Right. So I was like, I'm going to watch this fucking winter medieval bullshit. And yeah. it was pretty good, man. I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Uh that's a ten out of ten all day for me. That's that's Star Wars territory. Wow! Yeah, how many seasons is that? It's eight seasons. Um, and I started getting worried because I noticed that the the last two seasons were like six and seven episodes, where the others were like ten. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's that's getting into some bullshit stuff right there. But the last two seasons, those episodes that were like an hour and forty minutes each. So it was like, oh, okay, we're still getting the same runtime. You're just cramming more content in each episode, so that's all right. Okay. I know we don't review TV shows typically, but yes, that's the thing I did in the pandemic here was watch Game of Thrones. Well, I uh, (laughs) – it's kind of funny. I've been calling it the the great Hulu binge of 2021, and – I ended up watching 18 movies in one documentary in one whole week's time. And some of the notable good movies that I watched were uh, Possessor from 2020, uh, which is Brandon Cronenberg's movie, David's Kid. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It was a trippy movie with some Inception vibes. It went more of the horror sci-fi route. Pretty trippy, though, but I recommend watching it, checking like, it out. It's like a Black Mirror type thing. Uh, yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I agree. Have I you watched seen some of it? I watched most of it the other day. Okay, I put it on at bedtime. I missed the end, so oh. I can't. I can't get into it too much because yeah, I don't. I don't know how it ends. Okay. Um, the Good Guys from 2016 with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. They're detectives in the 70s. Kind of a action comedy buddy cop movie. Pretty good. Enjoyable. Um, the documentary that I watched was Skin, a History of Nudity in the Movies from 2020. Uh, Ooh, la. That was interesting. That was an interesting documentary, just, you know, starting all the way back into, you know, the 1800s and just the progression of it up until, you know, present day. is neat. Um, the Clovich Killer from 2018. Enjoyed that. Slow burn movie. Really horror. Uh, watched Witness from 85, the Harrison Ford movie, where he was nominated for an Oscar, where the Amish kid witnesses a murder in Philadelphia. That was a really nice movie. I like that. A lot of good actors in that. Classic. 
And this one really caught me off guard, and this was the last movie I got in, actually, and it's uh, Rent-A-Pow from 2020. has Will Wheaton in it. Um, Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton? Yes. Will Wheaton? <laughs> uh, check this movie out, man. It, it's an interesting take on just mental health and unhealthy obsessions with meeting somebody. It's an interesting take on it, and it's really well done, and the lead, whose name escapes me, is really nice. He kind of looks like a young Drew Carey in a way. But, uh, yeah, so those were the ones that I thought were good. Some honorable mentions. I did get The Omen 2 in, finally, for the first time. That was a nice movie. I like that. That's a proper sequel. Um, yeah. Cool enough. Well done. Young Lance Henriksen. That's always cool. Um Sea Fever from 2019. That's a nice aqua horror flick. Um, not great, but it was well done. A little bit different. Uh, a good old fashioned orgy from 2011. Raunchy comedy. Uh, great cast. Really funny. I recommend checking it out. Um, I almost put in the, with in the, the with the family or no, not the family. Friends. Oh, okay. Group of thirty something friends. Oh, okay like one last hurrah and they have like theme parties, you know, kind of like what we used to do in a way. But then for the, like the one last big bash, they decide that they're going to have an orgy. Yeah. Oh, I'm, what I meant was, do you watch this movie with the family? Oh no, I no? wouldn't. I wouldn't watch this with the family and I wouldn't have an orgy with the family. <laughs> well, I would hope the fuck not. <laughs> <laughs> Society hasn't straight us that far yet. Thank right. God. And uh, the last one here is uh, from 2017. It's Marrowbone. It's a kind of a slow burn, psychological, paranormal type movie. Um, yeah, it's nice. I liked it. It's no dog tooth. Never seen it. Heard of it. Don't know it. Terrible movie. Oh boy, it's it's foreign subtitles. You wouldn't like it. Yeah, you've, you've gotten kind of dark in your watches here. I mean, can you just watch a light comedy uh, like a Greasy Strangler or something? Well, I did with you, and that's not lighthearted. Bullshit artist. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's a charming film. I don't know how you could say it's not. Oh, my God. There is charm just gooing out of that movie, like grease. Oh, it's it's gooing all right. <laughs> wow. Uh, I went through a car wash the other day, oh, and shit. I totally, like had to giggle at myself while the fucking things flapping against my car the you know the whipping uh, <laughs> yeah man god good shit there's Easy strangler 10 there, out of 10 no, no. <laughs> there are so many things visually that happen in that mo- you just you you can't unsee yeah and Almost then, like Gary Busey pet justice but yeah Dude, that <laughs> that is like stupid, mindless watch. Funny. Uh, that I don't know. That that has charm. Yeah, it does. No, that. <laughs> I mean, there's some funny moments, and but there's plenty of what the fuck moments, and there's plenty of like I don't really want to watch screen moments. Yeah. So, but uh, it is a memorable movie, and it is noteworthy, and in that regards, it's a success. So. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to review it here on Nostalgia Highway, so don't worry yeah. about that. But <laughs> I figured I'd give it a plug at least. This yeah. was a plug. Oh man, yeah, that was that was something. That's for damn sure. 
Well, something I want to talk about because this just came out on the 5th. It's not movies, but it's movie-related because it's uh, John Carpenter's Lost Themes 3, Alive After Death. And uh, I'm sure you've already listened to it at least once or twice all the way through. I've listened to it a couple times through. It's better than Lost Themes 2. I'm not quite sure if it surpasses Lost Themes, but this needs some more listens, I think. It's got some hot tracks, man. Yes, it does, man. I really like Weeping Ghost. I know you're big on the Dead Walk. I like it too, dude. It's like it's like some Stranger Things kind of a little shit. bit, and then it kicks into that fucking punching guitar drive. Yeah, it does. Um, I also like Dead Eyes, and I like Cemetery as well. Yeah, I kind of felt like Dripping Blood was one of the weaker ones, but I mean, it was still good. I mean, it's it's fucking John Carpenter. I mean, but. The man is a god. I mean, there's really not much wrong the guy can do in my eyes. But uh, this, I, I really thought this was a really good collaboration uh, once again with his son Cody and Daniel Davies. And I really enjoy what this trio has done with these albums and, of course, with the, uh, the Halloween 2018 soundtrack. So, Yeah. Yeah, Carpenter knows how to fucking lay down a track, man. Right. Well, when it's like right now, you know, the 80s, our childhood, it's shaking. Yeah. You know, it's the thing. And we have all these, you know, modern artists that, you know, this is their gimmick. They're, like, trying to come out with the 80s. Oh, you mean, like, the weekend at the Super Bowl? Yeah, very much, yes. Oh, okay. Very much so. Um, uh, you said it, not me. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> They're trying, I mean. Right, they are. And this is kind of like when I hear Lost Themes 3, it's just like, if you want something that's new and you want to know what the 80s was like, why not listen to this because this is as authentic as you could get and from a master (laughs) you know so uh everybody else is just imitators and duplicators this guy's the innovator and uh two thumbs up for lost themes three for me cool i'm with you i'm with you on that yeah yeah i think it was i i honestly think like i liked more tracks on it than either of the other two but I, i really liked whatever that track one was on the first one Vortex, I think. Oh no, that honestly, that is the best non-score theme yeah. that, in my opinion, Carpenter's ever done. That is just, oh my god, it was just, it's, it's, it's perfect. I maybe, love it. maybe because it stood out so much, the rest of them <laughs> failed just, the meet the standard in your eye. I, I, yeah. I mean, because I feel like Lost Themes Two was a little. I don't know. It was a little more on the lighter side. I mean, there's some tracks on there I do enjoy. I don't know. I kind of feel like with this one, he he got more with the the beat driven synth. Yeah, some John Carpenter fucking lost themes is the best thing you can put on for those late night background noise. I think it's great. You know, my kids they're like, why do you just listen to so much music that doesn't have any words? I'm like, honestly, there's too many words. There's too much speaking. There needs to be less talk. You know, I, I want the music to tell the story for this song, right. you know, and, you know, I've always said Carpenter is my my favorite visual storyteller of all time. I mean, I feel like he is my favorite audio storyteller of all time with obvious, you know, honorable mentions to John Williams, Jerry Goldsmith, you know, but uh, no, I mean, just like I said, Carpenter can't really do much, much wrong in my eyes. Oh, yeah. 
All right. We'll check out our good friends Justin Ramsey and Aaron Scaletta over at the Raised in Horror, the Psycho Siblings podcast, where they review all things horror all the time. Their most recent release was last Thursday, the 11th, with the review of My Bloody Valentine from 1982. And on the 25th, you can catch their newest review of The Bride of Chucky from 1998. Now, Justin, he teased the potential Monster March theme for them, but it's not quite set in stone so the names of movies that he mentioned to me i'm not going to say because he he's not quite sure that's what they're going to do yet so i'll just leave it at that but uh you got to give them a listen hitchhikers you can follow them on facebook instagram and twitter at raised in horror find them now on your favorite podcasting app horror movie fans all right, Hitchhikers, this concludes our review of Troll Hunter from 2010. Be on the lookout for new announcements and updates on our Facebook page, Nostalgia Highway Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at HighwayNHP. You can check out the King's Letterbox profile, Patriarch1979, and my own, MattLog16. Give us a follow if you want, and we'll follow you back. We love seeing what everybody else is watching. It's just a fantastic app to see you know, some of the hidden or forgotten gems that people were, you know, digging into or gotten into here lately. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it, but, yeah, I uh, it. yeah. Uh, honestly, the quarantine was the best thing to happen in that regard because sure uh, was. I caved. I was like, well, I've got nothing else better to do. I guess I'll start letterbox profile, you know, cause perfect timing. But, uh, uh, as usual, we want to give thanks and recognition to Sean Jackson and Cody Jones for the Nostalgia Highway podcast theme music that they've composed. And uh, keeping in line with snowy backdrops for movies, our next review will be the mid-1800s cannibal wilderness thriller Ravenous from 1999, directed by Antonia Bird, starring Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette, and Neil McDonough. On behalf of Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Merrimack Logston, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Have you seen, I don't know if it's just because I searched it recently on my phone, but my Facebook keeps giving me ads for the uh, In Search of Darkness 2 release. Have you mm -hmm. gotten those in your Facebook feed a lot? For ads, no. I just oh. see... In just random groups whenever somebody posts like they got theirs in the mail and they've watched it that's it well i keep getting ad pop-ups for it and it's 69.99 and i'm like Jesus. fuck is gonna pay 70 dollars plus you know shipping and tax for that this is, fucking thing that is a lot yeah plus it's a part two which i know it's the scraps but still, the scraps are pretty good. I mean, yeah, I'm. I agree with that. I want to see the scraps. Yeah, I want the scraps. <laughs> Give me the scraps, but not for fucking seventy bucks. Hey, look at me. I'm a fan of leftovers. Okay. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh man. Holy shit. But yeah, dude, that is that is taxed mega. Ooh. Yeah, it's too rich for me, even with all these stimuluses and shit. Well, and then here's the thing also on top of that, you, you think about it, Shudder has put In Search of Darkness on, mm. you know, streaming, like, what, maybe a year after it came out? Yeah. Like, and, and I don't know what it was to get that when it came out, but I'm like, man. Yeah, I'd be making me wait. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I've waited longer for other things, you know? Right. 
I'll wait for it. But yeah, I definitely want to see it, and I want to see the uh, the sci-fi one, the In Search of Tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. I watched the the Action Heroes one. It was good, not as good as In Search of Darkness, but no, the guys they know how to make a documentary, man. They know how to present it. I agree. Not for sixty dollars, but yeah, or yeah. <laughs> not sixty dollars. <laughs> not that good, but but yeah. Maybe, hey, I have a subscription to this app, and maybe it gets on there for a month or whatever, and I catch it free. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. 